I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been teaching to you about something that's just an amazing thing to me. I've tied things together, but I never got them exact as some things are. It's kind of like the message I taught on biblical chemistry and biblical algebra and biblical biology. I've got a DVD with all three of those messages on it. Biblical chemistry, biblical biology, and it goes along with biology and chemistry and algebra. It goes along with the laws of chemistry and algebra. And if you want that DVD, you're welcome to have it free. Now, I'm talking to you about something that I can't separate all these subjects. I can't separate straight gate. It's the straight gate, the narrow way. While you're in the, when you go through the straight gate and you're in the narrow way, you are having to deny self. You're in a blood baptism. You cannot go through the straight gate without being blood baptized. And the Bible even shows you that, that that's true. I'll just put it out right here. Luke 3 and 3. And then you cannot go through the straight gate without being brought to the gospel because the gospel is the narrow way. And if you go through the straight gate, you're in the narrow way. So the gospel is the narrow way and a blood baptism is the narrow way. And then blood baptism is death to self. Jesus says that drinking a cup, drinking a cup, is the same thing as a blood baptism. To drink of a cup, you can look this up in the McClinican Strong Encyclopedia. Just look up cup. It'll tell you all through there about how a cup was undergoing a severe ordeal or undergoing a death. When Jesus says to James and John in Mark 10, Can you drink the cup that I drink of? Can the, can you uh, be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? And they both said yes. And he said, Both of you will die the death. It's really amazing that most of the scholars say they can't tell whether John the Beloved, which he's talking to John the Beloved, they said they can't tell whether he died the martyr's death when he came off of the island of Patmos. Patmos was a little bitty island off the western end of what they call Asia Minor or what we call Turkey. It was a little island right about there, somewhere about there. When he came off of the island of Patmos, most of the scholars say they can't tell whether he was he undergoed a martyr's death or not. I can tell them if he did. Mark 10 said, Jesus said, you will. You will die the death. So not only was John boiled in oil in that exile on Patmos, when he came off the island, we don't have a we don't have an incident of it or a custom or our ancients telling us that he died the martyr's death, but Jesus said he would. 
That's the point. Now, there's two verses I've been reading, and I've got a whole bunch of things to say on this. You cannot go, when you go through the straight and narrow way, you are taking a daily cross. A daily cross is death to self. Death to self. And Paul said, I die daily. And he says in the in the fourth chapter of Second Corinthians, he said, The reason I die daily, so life will come will come to you. Come to the elect believers. I die. Says that in the fifteenth chapter of First Corinthians, he talks about dying daily in the fifteenth chapter of First Corinthians, and he says the reason I die daily in the fourth chapter of Second Corinthians is so you'll come alive, Corinth. We go out and witness to people, and we go through a death, drinking a cup. People don't put us to literal death here in America. They might. There's people in America who would like to kill me. and it, But we might have to go through death. But if not, we'll go through a spiritual death. Let me remind you, every time I say this, Thanatos, T-H-A-N-A, T-O-S, and it has a variation of spelling T-H-A-N-O-S. That's the word death. It means separation. It does not mean annihilation. You're not annihilated when you die at the end of your life. You simply separate the spirit, separate from this body, and our spirit goes to be with the Lord, those of us that believe, and the spirit of the unbeliever, and in hell the rich man lift up his eyes, being in torment, said Father Abraham. Send Lazarus to them. He dipped the tip of his finger in water and cooled my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. He said, Son, remember thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things and Lazarus evil things. Now he is comforted and thou art tormented. He was carried into Abraham's bosom. That's where Lazarus was going to. There is no holding place for the soul. There is no purgatory. Purgatory comes from the word purge. And you can't purge your sins in a place to get rid of your sins. There's no such thing as purgatory. That's something invented by the Roman Catholic Church. Let me give you the two verses. One more time, go back to Mark. Mark, this shows you that the gospel and baptism and everything the gospel and baptism is equal to the bible says the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15:1 through 4 that the gospel is that Jesus came was crucified dead and buried and but the gospel is more than just Jesus' death. I have found that people believe in Jesus and they believe in the gospel, but they don't believe in daily dying. Without believing daily dying, you don't believe in the gospel. Without daily dying, you don't believe in true baptism, which is blood. 
I'm not saying this for the people that are here. I'm saying it for people that hear this for the first time. Baptized does not mean to dip in water or sprinkle water on anybody. It doesn't mean that. Baptized comes from two words, baptizo and bapto. That really shocked me when I first looked up in a concordance years ago, 40 or 50 years ago. I looked up the word baptize, and it shocked me when I looked at baptizo, meant to cover. Now, that does not mean to immerse does not mean that. It means to whelm something. It even say in certain cases to whelm. We think of overwhelm. We think of overwhelm as to overwhelm somebody with words or overwhelm somebody with gunfire. I, I remember uh, seeing a special on uh, the invasion of Iwo Jima, World War II. They said they were baptized with gunfire from the Japanese. That means it was covering them. So cover does not mean to immerse. It means to spread something over something. And Babto, it says, it will say C. It will give you the number for Babto. When you look at Babto, it will say to stain or to die. And Baptizo originally was not... When we they translated Mr. Girdlestone, one of the great scholars, uh, Greek and Hebrew scholars of all time, lived a couple hundred years ago. He said, baptized did not mean to immerse in water. He said it had a dual meaning. It meant to cover and to stain with the dye. That's what he says. Even Mr. Strong says that in the McClellan Strong under baptized. He says, baptized was a verbal noun. Now, you may not know what a verbal noun is. I knew that from English. It's an infinitive, a verbal noun. And it's actually expressed by the whelming and by the standing and dying. A verbal noun was an infinitive. It was a noun. It was not a verb, but it had verbal character. It means there was an individual here and that there was a fluid coming from an outer source and was covering the man. It was covering. He wasn't being dipped. You say, what about the Pharisees? They started corrupting the word when they lived. They made it going down into water and sprinkling people. That was a proselyte process, but it had nothing to do with real baptism. Real baptism, Mr. Strong will tell you, was a verbal noun. He says that baptize does not mean by its grammatical form to immerse in water. He says that in the McClinic and Strong dictionaries under baptize. And he says that it has to do with a, a man will be here and there'll be a fluid from an outer force. Well, the outer force comes from God. And that's a blood baptism. When the Bible says he's washed us from our sins in his own blood and our robes are made white in the blood of Christ, that's baptism. And a blood baptism was a death. It was dying. So you've got, if you're going through the straight gate in the narrow way, you have to be blood baptized. And that's not according to your will. That's according to the will of God.
You can't go to heaven without a blood baptism, without death to self. And everything that means death to self, when Jesus says, or when Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. Follow is the word akulatheo. That's also a death. A-K-O-U-L-A-T-H-E-O. Akulatheo means to be in the same way with. That's what Jesus said. If any man will come after me, in Luke 9.23, any man after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Follow akulatheo means to be in the same narrow way with. There's two ways, a narrow way and a broad way. The narrow way, narrow. it's just amazing how all these things tie together. Narrow is the word thalibo. That is the verb form of the noun thalipsis. And every time you find the word tribulation, I've said this verse so many times because it means so much to me. Acts 14.22 After they tried to kill Paul and they left him for dead outside of the city of Lystra right up here about right there they left him for dead Paul stood up on his feet and said this is what we have to go through to go to heaven we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God you can't go to heaven without it you say how can we go through that How did he get there? Through his message, through his speech. It's what you say that will get you separated from the world. And you won't have to separate yourself. They will separate from you when you tell them truth, won't they? And you say, I'm just not brave enough to do that. Learn these words and you will become brave. I can't keep my mouth shut around people. I don't. The older you get, the younger you are in the truth, the more you want to fight. (laughs) That's funny. The older you get, the more you learn, the more you know, you don't have to fight. You just say, well, this is the truth. What? Whether you like it or not, you call yourself a Christian. You have to believe that God does not love everybody. He said he loved Jacob and hated Esau. For either one were born, for either one had done any good or evil. Have you never read Romans 9? I say that to people. You have to believe it. You call yourself a Christian. You've got to believe that God doesn't love everybody. It's in the Bible. And they'll go, look at me with a freaky look. I've had... I've had that happen every time I'll say that to somebody. I'll say it's in the Bible. You, you say you go to church over here and you never read that? And they go, like, I, they don't know what to say. I've never had anybody talk back to me after I said that to them. So the older you get, you don't have to get loud. I'm usually real quiet and real gentle, but you have to believe it. It's Bible. Did you not know that? Oh, oh, oh. They don't know what to say. They just kind of stutter. Now, this, a blood baptism is everything. It's being in the straight and narrow way. It is the gospel, and the Bible says the straight and narrow way is the gospel over here in Mark. 
in Mark, the first chapter. And this is the gospel that John preached. But it was preached long before John by Isaiah. And he says here, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, here it is. The Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. It was written by Malachi in the third chapter. It was written by Isaiah, the 40th chapter, the third verse. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy, the word way is hodos. You've got to eliminate every other way except that's the only way to heaven. Narrow is the way to eternal life. This is in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. I can't help. I haven't really exhausted this at all. The straight and narrow way. So we find that the gospel is... is I send my message before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before me. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way, the hodos of the Lord. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way, narrow is the hodos that leads to life. And only a few people will find it. If you don't, if you're not in the straight and narrow way, you're not going to heaven when you die. Period. Now you don't like that, do you? Especially if you hadn't been in it very long. As you get older, it's easier. You learn a lot of words, learn a lot of Greek. You start using it on people, and they don't have any idea what you're talking about. I mean, they don't know the first three words you use in the Greek. If you use the same three, you use them over and over, and people go, where'd you get that? That's in your Bible. Prepare you the way of the Lord, make His path straight. So the gospel is... The gospel is the narrow way. And then you go over here to Luke 3. Luke 3. I don't know how to get through all this without repeating it. This is about John coming to preach. Verse 2, Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest, the word of God came unto John the son of Zechariah, that's John the Baptist, in the wilderness and he came into all the country about Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance which is for the remission of sin let me remind you what remission is Ephesus means to pardon and release from prison prison. Now when you define the word prison that takes you to predestination. Prison is the word philake. That takes us directly to predestination. P-H-U-L-A-K-E. I've got to put the E on the end of that. E. And prison means the division of day and night. Or light and darkness, light and dark. Boy, when we get to darkness, we think of the wicked people that serve darkness or the gods of darkness, like at Christmas time or Halloween. 
This is darkness. This is the light here, and here's the darkness. Darkness is the same thing as sin. And God brings us over to the light when he births us. And we have a tendency when we're young to wander back into the darkness. Has anybody done that besides me? Um, <laughs> if you don't raise your hand, you're lying. <laughs> Everybody has a tendency to wander back in. And God will put you through trials and persecution. This is, the, you know what this is? This is the same thing as the outer man and the inner man. Inner man. And predestination, prohorizo, means to predetermine for the horizon. Horizo is our word horizon. It means the light. So God, and that's so amazing because Ephesus, forgiveness or remission means to pardon and release from prison. To release from the darkness to the light. And most of us had a, wonder, had a tendency to wander back into the darkness. And it's real easy to condemn somebody else for being in the dark while you're living a good Christian life. You're not as good Christians you think you are if you want to condemn somebody for being in darkness. You're not to condemn them. You're to rebuke them for their sin and then leave them alone and let God deal with them. Don't go around gossiping about them. That doesn't help anybody do anything. Your gossip or my gossip. I don't believe in that. Now, so when Paul said take when Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, any man after me, any man after me, any man, man after me. It says, after me. Take, deny, follow. Take is an imperative command. Take your cross. Deny is imperative command. Follow and be in the same way with an imperative command. Every one of those is a command from God. You must follow. You must take your cross and follow me. If I have birthed you, this is not your, it's not your decision. Any more than birthing yourself was your decision. None of that was your decision. Man, we were born not of blood nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now, Let's finish reading this in Luke 3. In Luke 3. And he came into all the country of Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance. The very fact, when you look up of repentance, of repentance, in a parsing guide or an analytical lexical, when you look it up, and you look it up in your in your interlinear Bible, take the exact word and look it up in here, it will tell you that of repentance is genitive case. Of repentance. The fact that it's genitive case. Genitive means of repentance possesses baptism. So it means true baptism 
has to be at the time of repentance. That's not when you walk into water. I'm not saying everybody that's dipped in water is is going to hell. I'm just saying I was dipped in water about five times by my father and two other preachers. Maybe three other preachers. I can't remember. But the fact that it's genitive case means true baptism belongs to repentance. Repentance owns it. That's what genitive case means. It owns what it's referring to. So, Blood baptism is all these above. It's the daily cross. It's daily dying. Whenever you enter into the straight gate and the narrow way, I've gone through so much of this. Let me give you some of the other verses on daily cross. Let me say one thing I've said before. Whenever you have a precedent, A precedent is where something is mentioned in regarding everywhere else it's mentioned. In Luke 9.23, the Bible says, If any man after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. The fact that it says daily there, and the fact that Paul said, I died daily, that's a precedent. It means everywhere else you find a daily cross, the daily is there as well. That's a precedent. Or you haven't mentioned once, that's all it takes. So the cross is daily everywhere we find it. What I want to do is look look over here in Matthew 10. It's going to give you one of the first places the daily cross is mentioned. Matthew, the 10th chapter. And let's begin reading here in verse 32. We're going to read down to verse 38. Now this has to do with the daily cross. Notice everything that has to do with the daily cross. We're going to see confess. That's what gets you in trouble right there. Confess. Goes along with the way. The life of the elect and the narrow way and the, the narrow Way in the straight gate has to do with dying daily, has to do with daily cross, has to do with drinking a cup, has to do with the gospel, has to do with the blood baptism. Every one of them are the same. Once God causes you to go into the straight gate, you may be young, you have a tendency to wander back off in your sin, but God's not going to leave you alone. He, If God had left me alone, I would have been one of the richest guys in this county. Because I was really good at real estate. But that didn't matter. If God had left my voice alone, I had a great tenor voice when I was young. I mean, man, I could blow the top out. And I don't mean that to boast because I can't sing worth a hoot now. I can't get through two verses of a song without just breaking down and going, <laughs> it's too hard. God had to take my voice away, had to take my health away to get me out of real estate because I was going to buy about 25 or 30 houses in town at one time. But I said, if I do, I, it will kill me because I can't handle the stress. I knew how to buy them back in the early 80s when they were all these assumable loans. 
under FHA and VA that you didn't have to qualify for, and I knew how to put the things together. I could have got rich if he would have left me alone, but he wouldn't leave me alone. He beat me up. God beat the living tar out of me. Y'all don't know how bad. I mean, I was fighting for breath in my mid-40s in the hospital. I told Mary, I'm not going to live through this. But I did, and here I am, not fighting for breath anymore. I got under, I would stress out. If I stressed out on the least thing, asthma attacks would hit me. Just boom, like that. That was, I I used to say it was a curse, but it wasn't. It was a blessing to stop me from trying to be somebody in the world. I don't mean that in the boast. I mean, God will give you something that he can take away from you and get your attention. Might be one of your kids. That's worse than having bronchitis. Now, let's read here in verse 32. Just wait a minute. I'm, I'm in the wrong chapter. 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before man. Oops, there's that word confess. That's what's going to get you the daily cross, the self-denial. Confess. Let me write it up here. It goes with all these other verses. It goes with all of this here. Confess is going to be your main problem. Homologo. H-O-M-O-L-O-G-E-O. Homologo comes from homo. We know what a homosexual is. It's of the same sex. That's where it comes from. Homogenized comes from that. Anything with homo in it comes from that. It means of the same. Of the same. And Logos, L-O-G-O-S, means word. It means to be of the same word that Jesus speaks. You want to know how to witness to people? Just read some of the words of Jesus and tell them that. <laughs> They're not going to like that. I've got a shirt that says most people are going to hell when they die. And a woman jumped all over me and said, Oh, what do you mean? I said, You act like I said that. I just say that. Jesus said that in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. I said, Read the back of my shirt. Only a few people are going to heaven. She said, you, you could have put, you just could have put that verse out of Matthew instead of that on the shirt. I said, This is what it says. It says most people are going to hell when they die. People are not going to like that. Don't expect them to like it because they won't. I go out every day with a shirt on in the summertime as soon as it gets cool enough. I've always got one on in the winter so I can take my shirt off and go into the grocery store without my shirt on or my jacket on. That way they can read the shirt in the winter. But I'll go into the store cold just so they can read the shirt. That's a way to confess more than anything. I was raised in a Baptist preacher's home, and my father and all of his friends said that when you walk down the aisle, you had to confess Jesus. I want to confess Jesus as my Savior. It's just goofy. That's not confession. It is in a sense. You're just telling the preacher that. You're not telling me I agree with everything Jesus said. 
when you go out in public, how often do you confess Christ and agree with Him? Every day. I don't witness to every person I come across. Because sometimes I try to figure out a way to say something to them and I can't figure out a way. I use every trick in my book just to get some word in. Sometimes I'll use... I use the most foreign things just to come into the Word. I'll tell, sometimes I'll tell people, I'm a teacher. I'm a Bible teacher. What, what, what do you, I teach things that are really not like any preacher you've ever heard. And they'll say, like what? I, boy, I say, this is an open door. I'll say, well, like Christmas is pagan and God does not love everybody. I'll say that, boom, like that. And that's when they'll go. And I say, you may not like what I'm going to say to you. You got to be willing, but see, I know you don't have all the words down that I've got. I'm loaded. I've got. I'm two gun kid. Boom, boom, boom. And but it's taken me sixty six, sixty seven years of studying to get all these words down. So don't ex- just memorize four words and use them. Just use them and see what people say. Say. Make something easy. When you say Christmas is pagan, don't just say Christmas is pagan. Tell them something they can identify with. Say, did you know it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America? Did you know that? Say it to them like that. Or say, did you know that God does not love everybody? Well, I think he does. Well, the Bible, I didn't say that. The Apostle Paul said that. Get the blame off you and throw it on Paul and Jesus. If they want to blame them, then that's going to be their problem with God. Be gentle to them all you can. Use any kind of words you can get in there to say, uh, God doesn't love everybody, or Christmas is pagan, Easter is pagan, or I tell people, I preach predestination. They'll say, well, I don't know what that is. Well, that opens the door for me. You can say, my preacher preaches things that other preachers don't preach. You don't have to make that you. You can make it me. And make put the blame on me like I do Paul and Jesus. Put the blame on them. They're not going to call Jesus down. Somebody may say, well, I don't think Paul had everything right. I've heard that before. I say, then you don't believe the Bible, do you? Well, not that part. <laughs> it don't matter whether people believe or not. If they're vessels of wrath, you're not supposed to even continue to talk to them. Walk away. Say, well, I got to go. I got some place I got to be. Now, but when you get into confessing of the same word to agree with, always think of Titus one sixteen. Titus one sixteen. Some men profess that they know God. But always remember profess is the exact same word as confess, homologeo. And then it says in works they deny him. Contradict God by the way you live or nail my or nail my means to contradict. By the way they live they contradict God. 
now. So let's continue reading this right here. All right. Whosoever therefore shall confess me, agree with me in public before men, not down at some altar, but before men, the way you live. Him will I also confess before my Father which is heaven. Whosoever shall deny or nail my, contradict me before men, the way you live, you got to watch out how you live, what you put your eyes and your ears. You look, you look like an idolater serving what you see, serving self. Him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. The Word of God is a sword there in Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Fourth chapter. It will cut men to the heart. For I am come to set a man at variance. The word variance is dikazo, D-I-C-H-A-Z-O, D-I-C-H-A-Z-O. Di always means two. It means to split people. It means to make a part, A-P-A-R-T. To make a part, a variance against his father and the daughter against her mother. I've got a daughter that's 61 years old and she hates everything I teach. Haven't seen her since she was 25. I don't hardly feel anything for her anymore. If you'll separate from one of your kids enough years, you won't think anything about them. Now, I cried a million tears when she was young. But I don't have any more for her. She doesn't seem to want God in her life. If she does, it's just a charismatic God. And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. You know what I mean? Letters I get and calls I get saying, how do I reach my family? I say, you can't reach them. If God don't want them, you can't get them. I've had people say, how can I get my mother to believe predestination? I couldn't get my mother to even listen to me about it. She said, Jimmy, I won't hear that. She died at 99 years old, just a few years ago. And she, I don't, my mother was as gentle and quiet as any woman you ever met in your life. Never heard a cuss word out of her. Never heard her get angry or mad. I never saw her reading her Bible either. I, I don't know where she went when she died. She had to have a daily cross in the straight and narrow way. I know that. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Axios is the word worthy. He's not equal to me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross. So he's tying confessing being of the same word with, having your lifestyle with the daily cross, isn't he? So let's put it this way. And he that taketh not his daily cross. We've already set the precedent for Luke 9.23, haven't we? That's the precedent. Wherever you find the daily, the cross, it's daily. And it's for dying on. 
And the way you're going to die is by confessing and telling people the truth and being of the same word as God is. I know this confuses a lot of people. How do you get a daily cross? Talk truth. I know when you're young, it's hard to do that, isn't it? It's hard to say something when you when your mind is not on the answers all the time. But if you get it in your mind, all these words in your mind, before you know it, you're saying them. And followeth after me. Followeth in the same way with Akalatheo. That is the narrow way. In the same way with. It's the narrow way. Is not worthy of me. And he that findeth his life here on the earth shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake. And when you lose your life, that's the daily dying shall find it. He that receiveth me and re- receiveth you receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteousness in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And I love verse 42. That people don't have any idea what this means. And whosoever shall give a, uh, to drink uh, to one of these little ones a cup of cold water. Only in the name of a disciple, Mathetes, his disciple, means a learner. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise mean, leave his reward. Don't mean you can go up to somebody and get a, give him a cup of literal cold water. Cold water was in those deep wells where those rivers were winding under the crust of the ground. And they called that living water. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit was living water. It's talking about give him a cup of the Holy Spirit. Truth. That's what it's talking about. Now let's go to the next chapter where you've got look at 1624 16 Matthew I've got so many notes on this thing up here I can't get to all of them I've got I've got to get back to stenos back to straight stenos I've got to get back to Stenos and the verb form is stenazo, and I'm not even going to be able to get to that today. You got many places that stenazo is mentioned. That's the word groan. That's the that is the that's the noise you're making when you're going through the strait. Groan is the stenazo. It's the verb form of stenos. That's when we get together and we see, oh, man, I. I was talking to a guy the other day and he hated what I believed. I was trying to give him definition. He hated it. I hate what you say, Jim Brown. I've had several of them say that in these emails. It's it's the groaning that you say to one another. I just can't get my son to believe. I can't get my mother to believe. Well, you're not supposed to get them to believe. You're supposed to tell them the truth. And after the second admonition, withdraw from Leave alone. Two admonitions is enough. That's the second. That's two witnesses. That's enough to convict the heart of any 
elect. That's enough. Don't take more than that. There's no need in sitting around and just hammering people with the same thing constantly all the time. After the second admonition, Titus 3.10, reject him as a heretic. Heretic, heretikos, means to be self-willed, free-willed. That's all it means. Heretikos. Now, look here in Matthew 16, 24. He's going to say much the same thing. This is a second witness. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. You can put daily in there because we set the precedent for it. And follow Akulatheo, me, in the same way with. Notice how many times he'll keep verifying this in the Greek. For whosoever will save his life will lose it. If you're trying to save your life in this life by not telling people the truth, you've got to come to a place where you're willing to die. You're willing to be embarrassed. You're willing to be made fun of. I don't care how many people make fun of me. Of course, I'm 82. That's, I've been around long enough where I won't care. I just don't care anymore. I say things to bankers. When I go out in public and I walk into a grocery store, you, I don't feel like I'm high on the, on the ladder. I, I just feel like I'm the only teacher in the store. If I walk into a law office, I figure I'm the only teacher in that law office that knows any truth. I feel that way everywhere I go. When you learn these words, it puts you in the driver's seat. I feel like I'm in charge everywhere I talk to somebody. Because I know I've got truth that they do not have. I know that. There's not many that wants this truth. Whosoever will save his life, he will use it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall find it. He's talking about eternal life. And what is a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The man that died and went to hell in the 16th chapter of Luke said, Father Abraham, send some back, somebody back to my five brothers. i got five brothers that never, they don't know about this place. And Father Abraham said, they have Moses and the law. The truth is in Moses and the law. If they don't have them, they'll not believe someone that's come back from the dead. Speaking of Jesus. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. And this last verse is a verse that the preterists use. And it's a stupid using. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste death. Taste death. You'll find that phrase in McClinic and Strong in the very last paragraph of cup. It'll say drinking of a cup means to taste death. Mr. Strong will tell you that. They'll not taste death till they see the kingdom of a man coming in his kingdom. The son of man coming in his kingdom. When did, it, when did God's kingdom come? 
they say it came in 70 AD that's so dumb no it came in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit came down filled all these men at Pentecost that was the kingdom of God coming it's not in 70 AD why would God give an invitation to the Jews and he's blinded their eyes when he comes in Jerusalem He's not inviting anyone. If he wants someone, he commands them to come. And that's a fact. Now, let's go to the next verse. I'm not going to go to Luke 9.23. Let's go to Mark 8.34. Mark 8.34. These are the different places you got the cross mentioned. 8 and verse 34. When he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself daily and take up his cross daily and follow Akulatheo, be in the same way, narrow way with me daily. It's narrow because it's a tight squeeze. This is a tight squeeze for us out here in the world when we go to the grocery store, when we go to the hairdresser, we go to the we go to some entertainment, we're gonna talk to somebody and they may exclude you from their patronage. Let me say we don't want you here. And that's okay too, because remember you're doing it to the glory of God. For whoever shall save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake the, and the Gospels, which is the narrow way, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? If you can get everything from people by smoozing up to them, by using platitudes and flattery, Job said, if I give men flattering titles, the Lord will take me out of this world. And whosoever shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what will man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation in the United States of America... We don't say that, but it's the same thing. Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed. It means to feel shame, disfigurement, disgrace. I used to be ashamed of Jesus when I was young. Was any of you ever ashamed to say the name Jesus? I was. You know why? I didn't know who he was. That's the whole thing. I thought he was this sissy in this churches that always said, I just love the whole world with all my heart. No, no. He's coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those that know not God, that obey not the gospel. Just like that t-shirt I've got of him with that big white horse. He is... My wife has that same shirt. She wrote, took it to the doctor's office, and she said, "Y'all know who this is?" And most of them said, "No." It's in Revelation, the 19th chapter. You don't know it. Coming back with eyes as a flame of fire, and he's got, he's got upon his thigh the word of God. 
people, you, let me tell you something you probably don't know. Most people never, ever open their Bible, period. Did you know that? Most people never read their Bible. If you read your Bible, Mary's been reading through the Bible constantly. She'll read four or five chapters. She'll read a day. Six or eight chapters, ten. Sometimes she'll read more. And I come in, she's got a thousand questions for me. I, I'm under her eye as soon as I come in the door. And she starts, what about this? What about this over here? And do you remember he said so and so? Why would God do that? And why did these guys do such and such? She's quoting all these verses for me and giving these guys names. I'm familiar with a lot of them because I've spent my life in it. Now, now let's go over here to, did I give you 14.27, Luke 14. Oh, no, let's go over here to Luke 10, Matthew, Mark 10. Did I give you 22? Mark 10, 21. Mark 10, 10, 21. All right. This is where Jesus tells the rich young ruler before we get to 21 let's go look at 17 and when he was gone forth in the way there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him good master what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life now they understood the word good because the Augustus Caesar was called a good demon, a good god. They, the pagans called all of their gods by the title of demon, daemonion. Daemonion meant to distribute fortunes. That's why Caesar and most of the demons in the first century were good demons. If you got a job, they called it a good demon that gave it to you. And Caesar was called a U-D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. Whether people like it or not, that's what America was built upon, was good demon. And when you look it up in a Webster's Dictionary, it'll tell you welfare, the good. What's good for the majority, that's what eudaemonism means. And Caesar... Augustus Caesar was called a good demon. So when it was against Roman law, it was against Roman law to call anybody God besides Caesar. You could die for that. So Jesus looks at the young man. Some believe this very possibly may have been Nicodemus. And Jesus, he was going to be a believer. We know that. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. You, If I'm good, I'm God. That's what he said to the man. He's not saying there's somebody good besides me. He said, If I'm good, I'm God. That's what he's saying. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not kill, number one. Do not do not commit adultery, do not kill too, 
do not steal three, do not bear false witness four, defraud not five, honor thy father and thy mother six. He's just given him a few of the commandments. What he's doing is giving five of the second six of the second six, five of six. Now, the Bible says all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor, love neighbor as thyself. Love neighbor. Love is the word agape. What he's saying, agape is walking in God's commandments, walk in commandments. Now, this might be your problem. I had, the pro- I had this problem along the way. I was loving money. And so Jesus says, they say that all the law is fulfilled to love your neighbor. The second six commandments are about the neighbor. The first four commandments are about loving God. But if you keep the commandments concerning your neighbor, you will keep the commandments concerning God. That's what the Bible says. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Romans thirteen ten. Love is a hymn. Love walking over the hill to his neighbor for love walking in the commandments of God is fulfilled the law. The rich young ruler left out one of the second commandments and Jesus left it out too. Which one did he leave out? Huh? Thou shalt not covet. That was the man's one sin he couldn't get rid of. So he's not telling us to give away everything you got and sell everything, give it to the poor. If you sell everything you've got, I've said this a thousand times, if you give away everything you got, you have to give away all your clothes. You won't have any clothes. You have to get you a grass skirt, jump in the jump out here in a, in a field that's got grass and make a grass skirt and then wear that. And as soon as somebody comes by, you've got to give them the grass skirt and get you, make you another and out there in the field with a bunch of grass, right? You have to give away everything. He's not telling us to give away everything. He's saying, you've got what Hebrews, you've got a sin that does so easily beset you. Everybody has one. This young man's sin was greed. He coveted everything. And that's the one he left out. Jesus left it out. Because Jesus knew his heart. And then Jesus says, And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these five have I kept from my youth up. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Oh, man. Loved is agapao, A-G-A-P-E-O. One thing for sure we know, this rich young ruler was one of God's elect, whom the Lord loveth, agapao, 
He chastens and scourges so we can be partaker of his holiness. H-A-G-I-A-S-M-O-S. <coughs> holiness comes from holy hagios, which means to be single or pure. And he's going to scourge this young man. We don't ever hear from him again. But we know he was a going to be one of God's believers. We know that by this very phrase here. And Jesus beholding him loved him. That's the Bible talking. If Jesus loved him, he's in for the ride of his life. And said unto him, One thing you lack. You love your money. You're covetous. And we didn't list that, did we? And he knew that. Go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast because of your covetous heart. And give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Take up the cross and die daily. To this covetous heart you have, this greed. Has anybody been greedy besides me? Boy, I've been so greedy. I have I was planning to be rich by the time I was old. And follow Akulatheo, get in the same way with me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Ooh. I've keep saying that. Bill Gates has got too much money to repent of. You can't repent when you're worth $160 billion. It moves so much, I don't know how much it is now. Or what's his name? The big richest guy in America now owns Amazon. Yeah, Elon Musk. That man has to go to hell one day. You can't have that much money and repent of it. Elon Musk. Yeah, he's he's got to be a heathen. Now, let's go over here to 1 Corinthians. How much time do I have, Mike? 31. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. The first chapter. i got to look at my papers here. Let me move this out of the way. Now, there's something else goes with this daily cross, death to self, self denial, blood baptism. There's another thing I got to put with it. It is what the first chapter of 1 Corinthians says. First chapter of 1 Corinthians. Verse 17 and 18. Verse 17. 1 Corinthians 17. He says, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. If you can get three or four people angry at you for telling the truth, one more or less won't matter. That's the way I feel. 
I'm very bold in talking to people. I'll say something at the drop of a hat to a doctor, a lawyer, anybody. I'm just not afraid of them. I, they're loaded with medical terminology in their head, but they don't, they don't. They have blank in their head when it comes to the Bible and the Greek. I know they don't know nothing. I've talked to them. None of them ever know anything. They've spent their life studying medicine or legality and the law business. They don't know anything about the most, the law of God. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. The gospel is the dunamis. We have said that wherever you find dunamis, that's the same thing as the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For there, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. I used to not understand that. That means faith one day to faith the next day to faith the next day to faith to faith to faith to faith to faith. From death to self to death to self to death. Oh, that goes with this list here. Faith is death to self. Faith is death to self. Confessing is death to self. The way is death to self. Life to the elect is death to self. Dying daily is death to self. Daily cross is death to self. Drinking of a cup is death to self. The gospel is death to self. A blood baptism is death to self. They're all equal. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's in the book of Habakkuk. For the wrath of God. No, I'm reading Romans. What am I doing? I was was waiting to get to the cross. Verse 17 of 1 Corinthians. But I'm glad I said that because they're all equal. So faith does belong in that list. And then 17. Paul said, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Christmas and by guys and some of the household of Stephanus. He's talking about water here. He wouldn't have been talking about, I'm thank God I didn't baptize any of you in blood. Then he says, For Christ sent me not to baptize in water, but to preach the gospel, which is a blood baptism, according to Luke 3 and 3. He sent me not to baptize in water, but to preach the gospel, which is a blood baptism. The Bible says so. Not with wisdom of words. Not with big, long, lengthy words like Hank Hanegraaff uses. The ontological God, you read or ignoramus. We need to ameliorate this situation. You mean to improve it? Why don't you say improve? Ameliorate. Nobody knows what. No truck driver had ever heard you talk understands that. I've heard that used by several wordsmiths. That's guys who think they're going to impress people with big words. With wisdom of words, lest, if I preach with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. The word none effect is kanao, K-E-N-O-O. It means empty. Christ made himself of none effect. 
there in Philippians, the second chapter. He made himself a nobody to come to earth and die for us. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Now, what does that mean? The preaching of a wooden cross? Well, the Catholics do this. They go, that's not foolishness to them. The Baptists preach a wooden cross. That's not foolishness to them. Foolishness is the word moria, M-O-R-I-A. It comes from the word moreno, M-O-R-A-I-N-O. It is our word, M-O-R-O-N. It's preaching Jesus' cross foolishness to people, the one he died on. Not to the Catholics, not to the Baptists, not to the Church of Christ. The, the Catholics got Jesus on a crucifix. Don't ever wear a crucifix. That's got Jesus being crucified on it. That's Roman Catholic. They think you're a moron when you tell them about the daily cross, don't they? They tell you, to, you tell them to crucify the flesh and all their desires and do everything that they do for the glory of God. It reminds us of Philippians, the third chapter, doesn't it? This will take us right to Philippians, the third chapter. Telling people they need to die to the flesh. I'll tell you what dying to the flesh does. It makes life easier. doesn't make it easy. It just makes it easier. When you're not sitting around worrying. See, this brings in, take no thought for your life. That, that takes a daily cross, doesn't it? Well, I hadn't got room enough up here. Let me move this. And I'll put take no thought up there. Marimnao. So Marimnao would go along with the daily cross, wouldn't it? Huh? Take no thought. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, take no thought. So that's going to go along with all the rest of these words here. Confessing, faith, way, life to the elect, dying daily, daily cross, drinking a cup, gospel, blood baptism. These are all the same thing. Can you see that? And that's a daily... The preaching of the daily cross is to them that perish. You look like a moron when you're telling people, quit trying to get rich and buy all these houses and like I used to do. And, and I knew in, my early, in the early 80s, when I was in my early 40s, I knew how to put deals together. That's back when you could buy a house with no qualifying FHA loan. And you could make a deal with a guy, carry part of it for five years and paying off part of it and do all kinds of things. If you, And you didn't have to cheat anybody. You could just put together a deal for him. That's good for him. It's good for you. And I knew if I did that, I'd get with the sick as I was back then. I would have died before I was 50. I knew that. I said, I can't do this. Just because I learned how to do something, it don't mean I could do it. Now, here we are in Philippians. So the preaching of the daily cross is to them that bear his foolishness. How many preachers do you hear talk about a daily cross, daily dying, death to self? 
how many of you here talking about a blood baptism gospel is a blood baptism cup is a blood baptism daily cross daily dying all of this faith is death to self take no thought marinao what you eat m-e-r-i-m-n-a-o take thought means to be distracted from the things of God by the things of this world take no thought for that you mean I'm not supposed to work hard? Yes, you are. I'm not supposed to think? Yes, think the best you can. Make the best decisions you can. But don't say, I'm going to do this or that tomorrow. I'm going to prepare. The Bible says you can't say what you're going to do tomorrow. Life is a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. He says, if the Lord will, I will do this or that. That's in James, the fourth chapter. Now, this is one of my favorite sections here. In Philippians 4. Not Philippians 4, Philippians 3. I'm thinking of another verse. Philippians 3. Paul is talking to the church at Philippi. He's in jail. This is a prison epistle. He's waiting to be executed when he writes this. And he says, Brethren, verse 17, Be ye followers together of me. Mark them. I've said this many times before. Scopel. Watch them, which walk so as to have us for an example. For many walk at the church at Philippi that are supposed to be believers. Many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping. He's not going to weep over vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. He's weeping over believers because they're not walking right. They're not truly confessing God. Men profess that they don't be, but in works they deny me. So he's weeping over the church at Philippi. Even weeping that they are the enemies. Let me put it in the way it should be. They're enemies of the daily cross. The literal cross on around a Catholic's neck doesn't bother them. They don't like to be told you've got to take the cross and crucify yourself. That's hard, people, isn't it? Is it hard to leave here and go out there and start talking to somebody? When you get around somebody and it's your brother or sister, just tell them the truth. Say, look, these are the things I believe. If you don't want to be around it, you probably don't want to be around me. These people, their end is their destruction. Their God is their belly. Belly was an Epicurean term. When we say Epicurean, what do we mean? We mean in our society, someone who's a connoisseur of good food and good wines. That's what we mean by Epicurean. The Epicureans were a group of philosophers in the first century. Paul ran into them in Acts, the 17th chapter. He ran into some Stoics and Epicureans. They said the belly was the seat of all sensual desires. Not just food, but sexual, entertainment. Everything you got into, they said that was the that was fulfilled in the belly. It didn't mean the stomach particularly. It was the belly. 
it may have been related to compassion, splanchnon. They said splanchnon came from spleen. That was you had this feeling in the spleen or in the belly. That's what Paul said when he said, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses that are contrary to the doctrines you've learned. For these serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. He used that same word in Romans 16, 17, 18. Their destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Mind is the word phroneo. P-H-R-O-N-E-O. The reason they hate the daily cross, it can't be talking about the cross of Jesus, the wooden cross. They hate the daily cross. It's going to take your mind off of earthly things. The word earthly is the word G-E. It's the word gay. It means dirt or soil. The reason people are not going to like what you're saying is going to take their mind off of the wrong things and put it on Christ. And if they're not born again, they're not going to like that at all. You understand that? You, what you're doing is taking this life away from people and giving them eternal life. And if they love this life, they'll lose their soul. And if they hate this life, I'm getting where I just hate this life. I love the people that love truth. I love all y'all here. I love... Ben and Holly live next door. They're believers. They were coming here. And before this coronavirus hit, a lot of people hadn't come back yet. I talked to Ben every day about predestination, election, sovereignty of God, Christmas is pagan. He talks to me. He calls me. says, you got time for a Bible study? I said, come on over. We'll sit at the kitchen table and talk for three hours. He'll ask me questions. I'll get on a trail and I'll take him through a bunch of things. So he's got a personal teacher there. And I love them. I love people that are not here that believe the truth. But the world makes me miserable. I'm trying to take their life away. They'll accuse me of that and I'll say, you're right. This life here doesn't matter. What's really going to wake people up is when this nation collapses. And I believe we're headed toward it. It can't keep lasting. When we owe $23 trillion, that's, it keeps moving up. I can't keep up with it. It may be $30 trillion by now. I said to a lady the other day, I said, you know we owe $23 trillion. We can't pay that off in 50,000 years. It's not possible. We've got to declare bankruptcy in the United States. Everybody go back to square one. Nobody passes go. Nobody collects $200. That's the way it has to be. We are headed down. People get mad at me, but that's what God says is going to happen at the end. They mind earthly things. Their mind is on dirt. Everything's dirt that you could see. Everything that you see comes out of the ground. Every tree comes out of the ground. Every time they cut a tree down and make lumber out of it and build a new house, that the whole house come out of the ground. Everything in the house, the faucets, the tubs, 
the 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 floors, the wooden floors, the nice wooden floors, the vinyl found everywhere comes out of the ground. Men like that dirt, don't they? The diamond ring you've got on comes out of the ground. All diamond is, it's it's coal under pressure. That's all it is. You, you might as well wear a very big piece of coal on your ring. It's very big coal. Boy, say, if I left that in the ground for another million years, it would have been a diamond that big. So, even what's so funny, everything is made out of the same thing. It's all atoms. Everything is made out. If you just stop and think, when God looks at the world, he sees atoms. That's what he sees. He sees some guy pull this gun made out of atoms and pointed some guy in this bullet that made out of atoms. And this man is made out of atoms, pulls the trigger, and it goes and shoots this man that's made out of atoms. Everything is just simple atoms. And when they're connected together with another substance, they become... I said, a cow pile out in the field is made of the same thing as your car. A cow pile is made the same thing as your clothes or your diamonds. So just smear a cow pile. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's so unimportant. I'm quite sure that when that star died this past week that she wasn't thinking about the money she had. And there was a... I always look at the obituaries in the paper on Sunday morning. I take the Sunday morning paper. And there was a guy in there that he died the last few days. And he was a drummer for this famous guy and this famous guy and this famous guy. And she was on the front page. And they both died with nothing. That's just amazing, isn't it? It's the things people like. I'll tell you what, if you'll talk to enough people, you'll get to a place where you don't care what you're wearing. You won't care if your hair is fixed or not. Because they're not going to like your words. If you've got, you got your hair all fixed, they're not going to like what you're saying. Tell them God doesn't love everybody. That's enough to get them mad. Tell them Christmas is pagan. Their favorite holiday is evil. Now, so we found out what the Daily Cross is. And the Daily Cross is the same thing as the narrow way. It's the straight and narrow way. You can't go in the straight way without participating in all these things. You say, but I don't want to do that. God will make you, He'll fix your want-tos. When the Bible says, the preaching of the cross is them that perish foolishness. Foolish is that word moreno. There's, i got several words for the word moreno. You've got, look here in First Corinthians. Do I have any time, Mike? Ten. Ten minutes. Go over here to First Corinthians 2. One of my favorite verses. First Corinthians 2, verse 14. I've quoted this a thousand times. First Corinthians 2 and verse 14. 
what he says in verse. He says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. That word foolishness is the word, same word. The preaching of the cross is them that perish foolishness. It's the same word, moria. Comes from the word moron. The Bible says that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He doesn't receive spiritual things because he likes dirt. He likes his dirt cards, dirt diamond ring, and his house is made out of dirt, and his wife is made out of dirt. And if you like anything, your wife, it has to be Christ in her. You can't like dirt. You have to be able to forsake all and follow Christ. Unless a man hate his father, mother, sister, brother, and his self also, he cannot be my disciple. You can't follow God and you can't learn the truth. And learning the truth is everything because you can't obey God in the straight and narrow way without knowing something about the truth, can you? The natural man receiving thought the things of the Spirit of God. Boy, that's a statement in itself. For they are foolishness to the natural man. The fleshly man, natural, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. That's the word natural. It's our word physical. The man of the senses, the sensual man that can see, hear, taste, touch, smell, feel. That man doesn't care about spiritual things. You have to be born of blood and you have to be in the straight and narrow way. Otherwise, you're not going to heaven. Whether people like it or not, you have to be in the straight way, the straight gate, the narrow way. Narrow <clears throat> comes from the word tribulation, comes from the word thalipsis. And every time you find the word thalipsis in the Bible, it's the word... Every time you find the word tribulation, it's the word thalipsis. It's a form of the word thalibo, which is the narrow way. I don't know if Christians really understand how narrow the way is. I didn't when I was young. When I was a young preacher, I had no idea what it was. I thought I was really committed. And I traveled all over America preaching at 25, 26, 27, 28 29, about 30, I went out into the world with a pop group and started singing in clubs. I didn't know nothing about it. I thought I was really dedicated. God has to turn us into children again. You, you start off as a little child. I put it on the board so many times. I put this on the board. And I know it's true because it's happened to me. You start off as a little child. And this is the way it works. I want Christians to become serious about the narrow way. It's not up to me. It's up to God. But you need an instructor. That's from my mouth to tell you what the narrow way is. That's a requirement. It's not a requirement so much as it's an imperative command. 
enter ye in at the straight gate. Enter, I circle mine, is an imperative mood. I keep saying this, I hope you understand. When Jesus uses an imperative mood, he was the one in the beginning that said, let there be light. And was there going to be light? When he gives a command, it happens. When he gives us a command, it's going to happen in our lives, whether we like it or not. He'll teach you to like it over time. The more you learn about the truth. But this is where it starts off. You start off as a child. And you start growing. You grow. You grow until you grow up. Get somewhere about 35 or 40 and you think you're real smart by that time. And then God begins to work on you. And he has to take you back. He's took me back to being a little boy. That's where he has to take you to. Where you're bowing to him. You don't bow in the middle of your life as much as you do when you get older. I used to couldn't understand why old people wasn't as cool as I was when I was young. They were as cool they were just as cool when they were young. It's just that old people have learned more than young people know. The way it works. I keep saying that's the way it works, and that is the way it works. The only thing you can do is keep praying, God help me. Then you got this word, this word morose, which is also comes from the word moron. Whosoever shall say, Thou fool. That's something that confuses everybody. That's in Matthew, the fifth chapter, Matthew 5. And Jesus is talking to the blessed ones on the mountain. This is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7th chapter. That's the Sermon on the Mount. One of the greatest sermons has ever been preached, if not the greatest. Preached by Jesus. And he's telling the blessed ones, you can't be like the scribes and the Pharisees. They have changed the word of God. If they say to you, you're a fool, thou fool for being poor in spirit, for being meek, then they are in danger of hellfire. It's not talking about if you call somebody a fool. I've called people fools. I think people that don't believe God are fools. He's talking about anybody that says to you, you're a fool and you're foolish and you're a moron for believing those things that Jim Brown says. Jim Brown didn't say them. God said them. And you've got Jesus calling the Pharisees fools and blind, morose and blind, morons. Talks about the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins there in Matthew 25 he talks about the foolishness of God is wiser than man that's in 1 Corinthians 1 25 and then he says he's chosen the foolish things of the world those people that think we're morons for believing and saying and trying to confess Christ with wherever we go I know this is hard to do it's hard when you're young. Don't try to do more than you can do, but don't try to stay where you are. 
God ordains you to be where you are today. But He didn't ordain you to stay there. He wants you to make progress and keep going. I've just run out of time. I guess I'm just about out of time, ain't I, Mike? We've got there in 1 Corinthians 4 and 10, we are fools for Christ's sake. We're morons for His sake. But you'll never be a moron until you start confessing Christ and living right like you're supposed to live. I didn't live right when I was young. I have messed up in my life. Really messed up. I'm ashamed of the way I've lived. Of course, shame conversion and new birth comes with shame you say gosh why did I do this the Bible says foolish or morose moron questions unlearned questions and avoid moronic questions don't even bother to answer them and then he says in Titus 3 9 avoid moronic questions foolish questions the word foolish goes along with that list the word to look like a moron Mary says she said I love to witness out in public she does if she goes somewhere with you she'll start talking to somebody quick of course she knows a lot of words she's heard me preach for years she knows a lot of the Bible she reads it all the time so how can you discuss mathematics if you've never taken math? Never looked at a math book. How do you expect to have answers for people without this book? This is about to come apart. I wear a Bible out about every seven years. This one has gone ten. It's coming to pieces on me. And uh, I like the saying... A Bible that's falling apart belongs to someone who isn't falling apart. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, convict our hearts to live more and more confessing you, agreeing with you in public to all men so that we can have the eternal life that you promised, but we won't do that to ourselves. You will do it. Help the people that comes to this ministry to understand that they'll get stronger as they go along. Thank you for truth. Fight our battles for us, Lord. We don't believe in fighting battles. You will fight for us. And we'll praise you for everything in Christ's name. Amen.